Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sawbones, Marital Two of Misguided Medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, guess what I just realized. What? I, I bet it's the same thing you just realized. We didn't have a bit for this. Well, what I thought was that we could just try it out, uh, test it out of nowhere, and okay. get this dry run will just be like a, a test bed for this intro. We'll be testing it on this intro. Okay. You see how I'm going with this. This intro will be the... The, the guinea pig, and then we'll, uh, oh. you see? Okay. You see? That's great. I read the top line. Right. I read the top line. So. No problem. How am I going to. So the people, the listeners, are the guinea pigs for this intro, because we're just testing it out. We haven't tested it on ourselves yet. We're testing it out on uh-huh. them. Do you understand? Right. So they are the, they are the so proverbial They are pig the guinea pigs. Because exactly. We used, to, we used to do experiments on guinea pigs. I guess. Guinea. The word guinea. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And what... Do you know other things that have the word guinea in them? Um, no, I don't. Guinea worms. Whoa. Seamless transition. <laughs> that was awful. That was one of our best. So, I, although, to be fair, I don't think we could have come up with a better intro for guinea worm because... There is no way that you accidentally stumble into this topic if you don't already know what it is. Why is that? Well, well, because first, it's a weird thing and you don't know anything about it, right? Not a darn thing. Okay. Uh, did anybody suggest this? Yes. Lots of people have suggested this. Uh, Jessica, Primrose, Dawn, Karen, and Jonathan. Thank you all so much. Uh, this is a, a weird topic, not, you know, we usually, most of our topics that I think we cover are like kind of bigger, broader things. Like we've talked about diabetes, and sure. like the plague and urine. This is a more specific topic. Um, it's, and like I said, there's no way you probably don't know anything about this and I've never heard of it. And, and it's kind of weird though. So I think it'll be fun to talk about. Well, good Sydney. Let's, uh, let's not waste any more, uh, uh, chin music. On this, let's just get going. Chin music. Yeah. No more chin music. Let's just keep going. All right. So a guinea worm is a parasite. It's in the phylum of a nematoda. So it's a nematode. Got it. So it's a little worm. Okay. Tiny worm. It's a tiny, tiny worm. And it lives in the gut of a water flea called cyclops. Okay. So... It can swim around in water, but then it, it the, that's where it, it has to grow, is in the gut of this water flea called Cyclops. Revered X-Man, Cyclops. Yes. Uh, <laughs> leader of, of a rebel band of mutants, 
built on uh, uh, hell bent on taking over humanity. Yes, I am not an X Men fan. I'm Brotherhood all the way. I don't trust this X Men. I don't. I don't have no. I have no idea Evolve what you're talking die, about. X-Men. I don't. Evolve or die. That's what I say. Does that have something to do with Wolverine? Because he's the cool one. Don't do this. Don't pretend. Wolverine's don't the deny. one everybody, you know, because he's got the big yourself. Hugh Jackman with the hair. Don't and the put claws. up bumpers on your identity. I'm kidding. I. No. You love Wolverine. Well, doesn't everybody love Wolverine before? I don't actually okay. Like Wolverine that much. Before he got all like Wolverine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I prefer Jean Grey. Okay. Good. I prefer Cyclops, which is the because he is a. A water, water flea, flea with worms in his gut. It's <laughs> a whole nother spin on that character. I can see why he's so cantankerous now. Uh, what happens is that the water fleas live in the water. Got that? Okay. And humans accidentally ingest them because they're so small you don't know they're there. Great. So you drink the water. You ingest the water fleas. The, Do you think that's ever happened to me? No. Cool. It absolutely has not. Okay. Good. Uh, because you're going to find out what happens later and... Then you're going to be freaked out. Okay, good. Okay, great. so good, good, good. So the water fleas are are swallowed by the humans. Now, at this point, you should know that the water fleas are probably they're pretty much like they're not dead, but they're kind of like zombie little creatures. Now they're filled with these with these little um, worm larvae and eggs, and like the worms, like when they get inside the cyclops, like eat their ovaries and testes and all this kind of, I, it was, I, I read this really graphic description of what they do to the water flea, which is even worse than what they do to us. Uh, so they kind of destroy the cyclops inside. The cyclops is finally digested by us, right? So it gets to our stomach acid, we break down the water flea. So the water flea casing is gone, releasing the guts, re- or releasing the worm into our guts. This you is, got that? Yeah, I'm having trouble not getting it. So this is uniquely unpleasant. So the worms are not digested. Okay. The worms can survive. The parasite is of there. Of course they can. Um, and so they kind of like swim around in there and they mate. Um, and the and after a guinea worms mate, the males die. Okay. Um, and something something <laughs> Borschfeld something something take my wife please. Okay. Great one. That was good. Thanks. Good. Good bit uh so the male dies the females do not they grow because they're now you know gestating eggs um and they get bigger and bigger and bigger um about a meter it's about like three feet right okay excellent pretty big um and so they're in our gut they're really big they're full of eggs now and they need to release those eggs to be free to the world so what they what the worm does is it starts burrowing through our tissues uh, until it gets to an extremity. It's looking for a way out, and it works its way down. It just that's how it knows to travel is down. So um, it goes down our legs through the tissue in our legs to our feet. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is about at this point. This is about ten to fourteen months after you first swallow oh, the flea. Oh, great! Cool. So you have no idea that this is happening. You and you don't. You have no clue this is happening the whole time. Cool. Until at this point, a blister will pop out on your leg, probably like your ankle or your foot, low on your leg or your foot. Um, and what happens is it's incredibly painful. So the natural thing to do it makes you want to stick your foot or your leg in water that is what people tend to do okay which is perfect that's exactly what the guinea worm wants because you stick your foot in water and it then vomits some of its eggs out 
through the blister into the water to continue the cycle, you know, so that they can infect Cyclops and then other humans can drink those Cyclops and blah, 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 blah. Right? I hate this. Uh, It results, of course, in this worm being in your leg. uh, And you get fevers, you get swelling where the, you know, worm is and the eggs are being released. And it's extremely painful. And then obviously the worst case uh, scenario is that the there's a worm sticking out of your leg. Okay. Which yes, is that's very um, unpleasant. A foot long worm, or Agreed. a three foot, th- sorry, three foot long worm. So. Okay. That's why we're going to talk about guinea worm. That sucked. Sorry. That sucked. So that's why we know you don't have it. Yeah, you would have heard about it every day for the rest of my life, constantly. There's also another reason you don't have it, and that's Jimmy Carter. But we'll get to that. Do you? Does it make you sick? I mean, did did that sound like something that happens to someone who's well? No, that's fair. That's fair. No, you. I mean, you get fevers, but otherwise, it's just that your leg hurts really freaking bad. Uh, it. This is also called, by the way, dracunculiasis, which I think is a is a good name because it sounds scary, right? Yeah, it dracunculiasis. Dracunculiasis. It sounds really awful. It's also known as the Pharaoh's worm. And it is an classy. Yeah, it is an ancient disease. It is, an, it is it had been a known entity for a very long time. It's referenced in the Ebers Papyrus, which we've talked about before, ancient Egyptian text. Um, and they actually already kind of knew how to take care of this, how to how to fix this problem. How did what did you what did they do? What did so, you do? So what they describe in the Ebers Papyrus is that as the worm starts to emerge from your leg you start winding it around a stick slowly to remove it and they describe Uh, that process in the ebers papyrus at the risk of prolonging this mental image like how long are we talking like slowly emerging or weeks that is cool hope you didn't have any first dates because that's going to be hard to explain no more going out in shorts for a real long time. Yep. Wow. This sucks. Yes, it does. It is likely referenced in the Old Testament. This specific guinea worm, this dracunculiasis, is, is probably referenced in the Old Testament. In Numbers, there's a point where they talk about fiery serpents descending upon the Israelites, mm-hmm. um, specifically when they are along the Red Sea. And... Uh, Guinea worm at the time would have been endemic in that area, um, and they they think that that is is what they're what they're talking about. That is just wholly wholly unpleasant, top to bottom. They have found um, calcified guinea worms in mummies, so we know it's been around for a really long time. When you're out there looking for mummies to eat during your mummy hunting sessions, yeah, sometimes you find calcified guinea worms. Um, it was probably there, and then it was brought to Mesopotamia. Uh, from captured prisoners who had guinea worms in them. Um, and it's it, like I said, it's really efficient at continuing its species because it makes you want to stick your leg in water and then it vomits its eggs into the water. And then, like I said, then other humans are going to end up drinking that. Like my skin. Or its larva, I should say, not its eggs, like, larva. I feel like it's going to fall off. Like I feel like my skin's going to come from my body. It's really horrible, right? I'm not even upset by stuff like this. And this is like the most proud, profoundly upsetting sawbones I think ever. Maybe worse than cataracts. I'm not sure. The jury's out. Please let us know at Sawbones on Twitter. <laughs> this is this is why everybody wants us to talk about it. This, and this is why also things like we haven't talked a lot about parasites on this show. 
Um, yeah, I've been meaning to rectify that. No, I mean, well, I really have. Into the parasite game. I have because I love parasites. Well, I mean, I don't love parasites; they're awful. But you know, I mean, they're they're crazy to talk about. The you problem lo- you is love that them. you can say it. F- well, I kind of do. For a lot of them, um, they there isn't like the, this huge history for getting worm there is, uh, but they're crazy to talk about because they shouldn't be in you. A lot of these worms end up in you, and it's not a good situation. You weren't. You're not, I don't know. They just do a lot of damage. Anyway, uh, Greek and Roman and Persian physicians all wrote of the guinea worm. Um, Galen wrote about it. Avicenna wrote about it. Galen named it, um, which is weird because he never saw it. He never, he, he notes that he never saw a patient with it, but he read about it and heard about it, <laughs> heard about it from a friend. That's classic Galen. He's just trying to glom on to other people's successes. And then the name is, is a Latin reference to little dragons. Which, which is befitting. Right. Um, he thought, though, and this was a, a common misconception, a lot of people thought that it was like a, a, a nerve sticking, like a protruding nerve. What do they think nerves did? They had no idea what nerves did. I mean, I guess if you touched it, it would probably... I can't. I can't even... Th- yeah they had no idea what it was and so they and they, well, they didn't know what nerves were and so they thought well maybe it's a nerve i don't know i've seen i've cut people open and seen nerves in there so maybe it is maybe it has something to do with like with that um the the greeks did write about the association association with water uh, when it comes out like they knew that if they saw that blister they knew that you could stick your foot in water and it would make the worm emerge um because it will um, and they also uh, reference the idea of winding the worm around a stick in order to remove it slowly, you know, to kind of wrap it up very, very slowly, like I said, over the course of weeks. Um, and as many people have, have mentioned when they have suggested this topic, that is prob- that is thought to be, we don't know for sure, but that is thought to be where the medical symbol, the snake wrapped around the stick... Sure, the uh, the caduceus? No. No. The rod of Asclepius. Rod of Asclepius. Yes. I actually knew that, and I felt I was just trying to play my character of dumb Justin, but I'm honestly too broken inside to even, <laughs> to even front. So you, knew, so you knew that it was probably the guinea worm is where that came from? No, I oh. didn't know that. I don't know anything about that, but I know it's this, the rod of Asclepius. Yes. So, that, so they, there's some thought that it's actually... Um, it's actually a worm wrapped around a stick and that it's a, because that would have been a sign of healing, you know, because that's how you, you healed this affliction. Um, and that that is where this comes from, which I think is a good, by the way, segue into, cause you said caduceus. Yep. And our show symbol is caduceus. Yep. Right. Staff of Hermes, right? Is that yes. another thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mercury, Hermes. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with medicine initially. Got it. Right. Yes. As many people like to point out. Yes. The rod of Asclepius, which is one snake wrapped around a stick, is what was the medical symbol. Right. And is used by, I think, like the World Health Organization uses it. But the caduceus is two snakes. The caduceus is two snakes, and it was not initially a medical symbol. But this is what I'm going to say now, and this will be the end of it, okay? Okay, I'm ready. But symbols... Welcome to Sid's Soapbox. <laughs> symbols have meaning that we pin on them over time, and they can change. And now, when someone sees a caduceus, what do they think? M- medicine. They think medicine. So, if we use 
a caduceus in our Sawbones logo. People know that it's about medicine. And also it has two snakes and there are two of us and one is wearing a dunce cap and that is funny. It is funny. I chuckle every time. And so it works way better for our show. Also, also, I have a caduceus tattoo and I thought about getting the rod of Asclepius and then I thought nobody's going to know what that is. Everybody associates the caduceus with medicine. So what if it wasn't initially? It is now. Because that's how symbols work. Because now people look at it and go, oh, are you a doctor? Are you in medicine? If I had the rod of Asclepius, they'd go, is that a snake? Sorry. Sorry. There's a reason. There. I'm sorry. And I know there are nerds like me out there who know the difference. But most people just see a caduceus and think medicine. Well, if you, uh, well, some of you are, have been sufficiently put on blast, or maybe none of you. Maybe Sydney was shouting in the wind. I have no idea. <laughs> At but, least one person once, probably one time, said that. Absolutely. And now we will come to hat with you, hat in hand, asking for money. Let's go to the billing department. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? pre-prepared all i got in two minutes i mean filet mignon that sounds delicious yeah it sounds delicious and you can give these a try and it's not just these meals we're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here 
Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. So what, Sydney, did people think that the, the these guinea worms were? So like I said, there were some theories that these guinea worms were nerves emerging from the skin. Some people thought that it was some kind of dead tissue and you just needed to kind of like yank it out and then that would fix everything because it's dead. And it didn't, right? Like it can just get through that no problem? Um, What if you just yank it out? Yeah. So, and that that is a point I wanted to make because a lot of people probably wonder that question. Why are you slowly wrapping a worm around a stick? Just get the worm out of my leg. Right, it's awful. So that's really bad. You don't want to accidentally break the worm. You don't want to pull it in half. Yeah, I listen. I drank tequila enough to know not to break the worm. <laughs> the The reason is that uh, if you were to just like tear the worm, um, one, the rest of the worm would kind of. I mean, it would be stuck inside you. Great. Right. Excellent. You can't. Cool. The only way you could get the part that's way up inside your leg out is if it's attached to the part that's already hanging out of your leg. Um, Okay. Without surgery. And of course, if we're talking about ancient times, surgery meant death. How's the rest of your life? You got a dead half a worm in your leg. Yes. And the worm will, if you rip it in half and it dies, it's going to create an intense inflammatory response, number one. So it's going to be really painful and swollen and inflamed. Number two, it's almost certainly going to get a horrible infection afterwards. You're going to have bacteria in there. And you're going to lose the leg. And and if we're talking about ancient Rome or Greece or wherever, you're going to die. So like, okay, so, oh, oh, this episode sucks. So you're going to tell me that I'm going to see a weird little worm emerging from my leg, my favorite, one of my top two favorite legs. I'm going to see a little worm emerging from it. And my first thought is going to be, oh, holy Moses, I have to keep this thing alive. No matter what. Yep. I have to keep this thing alive. You and the worm are in this together. We are a team, you and I. Until it's completely out, at which point you can kill it. Man, that really stinks. Ugh. Now, oh, I hate the guinea worm. Linnaeus figured out that it was actually a worm, but this wasn't until like the end of the 19th century. So it took us, or no, no, no. He, he figured that out earlier. We, he figured out that it was a worm, but it wasn't until the end of the 19th century that we understood like the whole thing with the water flea and the life cycle and the fact that it lived in water and, and how we got it. Um, and so it wasn't until then that we could actually do anything effective to try to stop uh, from getting the guinea worm, um, which, by the way, I haven't mentioned this. It It's called the guinea worm because uh, European travelers called it that because they would uh, get into the water off the coast of uh, Guinea in Africa. And that's often when they would get it. And so well, the name was a reference that. to like tiny dragons or something. That's dr- Dracunculiasis. Oh, sorry. OK, yeah. yeah that's the, that's the proper name for it. But most people know it by guinea worm. Got it. Um. So like I said, uh, by the end of the 19th uh, century, a Russian scientist, Fedchenko, had described its life cycle, and we kind of understood, okay, so drinking water is the problem if it has the fleas in it, blah, blah, blah. And we actually start to see it being eradicated bit by bit just with this understanding from different wow. places. So once um, Fedchenko described that, we see it, it disappear pretty quickly from the Soviet Union, from the Americas, from the Middle East, from North Africa. Um, but it persists as an issue uh, in India and in Pakistan and in Sub-Saharan Africa up until the 1980s. 
And this is why I said you can thank Jimmy Carter for oh, yeah? you not having guinea worm. Um, I would I would track it to my uh, fear of going into bodies of water, but go on. <laughs> so, no natural water for me. Hey, come dump, jump in the creek with me. No, I don't think I will. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this thing called guinea worm, but I'm never getting into a creek again. You I used to love cricking. That's a, is that what that's called? Yeah, cricking? you go out crawdadding, you get some cricks. Go out in the creek, get some crawdads, rather. I don't think that's the thing. Oh, oh sure, yeah, West Virginia. You can't we go out singing. What, now what's singing? You never heard of singing? I have not. So um, you get you collect ginseng. Wild ginseng grows oh, okay. in West Virginia. This is a true thing. Wild ginseng grows in West Virginia, and it's worth a lot of money. So if you can collect some, you can sell it for, you know, people who like nature things. Use it for herbal things. Just wait like a few weeks. I'm sure there will be two competing reality shows on TLC and Animal Planet about it. <laughs> about Sangers? Sangers. Sangers. One would be called Sangers, and the other one couldn't call it Sangers. So they'll be like West Virginia Wild Boys or something like that. <laughs> I am. If there is a show called West Virginia Wild Boys, I am all over that. Yeah. I so want to watch that. I'll Pour me a beer. I am I'm just going to start strapping. Ser- I'm going to start searching it on the DirecTV now for fear that I'll miss it. Should it ever <laughs> be created. So, uh, so Jimmy Carter, he he decided that, you know, and this is pretty cool because you have to think like this was not a disease that was affecting, first of all, anybody in this country. And secondly, anybody in most places. Mm-hmm. Um, it was limited at this point to, to just a few places, but it was still a huge problem. When he started tackling this issue, about 3.5 million people a year were getting this. Ugh. Okay, so that's a lot of people to have a worm slowly removed from their leg. Yes. So he decided to form a coalition to eradicate it. Um, He worked with UNICEF and the World Health Organization and, and of course, the Carter Center. And what's what's amazing is that the way that they did this was mainly through prevention, was through having people filter their drinking water. That's it. That's it. Just filter your drinking water. Because a simple mesh filter can filter out the water fleas. Oh, okay. So so through just having people filter their drinking water and educating people, um, by 2010, it it, it persists in only four African countries. And it is still dropping in terms of the rate. Uh, Last year, in 2014, there were only 126 cases of guinea worm. That's astounding. Down from 3.5 million uh, back in, I think it was 86, I believe, is when this started. Um, I, and just a, a word on this. The Carter Foundation, by the way, they target um, this and four other neglect, what they call neglected tropical diseases. So basically what we mean is it's not affecting us. So right. we're not going to basically we're not going to think about it, which is terrible. And and they look for problems that no one else wants to take on, which I think is crazy cool. I agree. Um, They're sort of like us if you think about it. No, a lot of people aren't talking about these topics, and we have the courage to uh, take them on and help bring them out, you know, kicking and screaming into the light of knowledge and awareness. And that's us doing our part, really, to help heal the world. I thought we were just trying to make people laugh. Um, yeah, but failing that, we're, we are also saving the world. Okay. Well, good. Yay. Yay, us. So we've kind of talked about the truth. That was intentionally self-aggrandizing, and you didn't really pick up on that. So I think you, I'm worried that your straight-laced response made me sound like kind of a toolbox. <laughs> I thought I thought I was supposed to. That was my thing. I have a straight like the 
that's what I do. That's my character. Yeah, but like you cannot f- be afraid to pull me down to earth when this chubby Icarus flies too close to the sun. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta trust your instincts, Merle. I know, I know what you think of of your podcasting abilities. So I never, you know, underestimate your ego when it comes to that. Yeah, see, that's good. Puncture, that's good. Now you don't mean that, of course, but like that's good for the show. That's good material. It's good patter. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about the treatment of guinea worms just to just to make it clear by the way this is still the treatment i don't know if i made that perfectly crystal clear yeah you slowly wrap it around a stick as it emerges from your leg that's crazy that is still what we that's do crazy there's no pill or something no no there there is no vaccine there is no good um, medicine you can take for it you just slowly apply traction wrapping it around you know, a stick or a piece of gauze or something over the course of, again, weeks. Most people are out of work for an average of three months while they are being treated for this. Um, and that is the biggest impact, not just, I mean, because people, if they're treated appropriately, they, they don't die from this um, mm-hmm. for the most part. But uh, they they are out of work. They can't do anything. They just sit in a room because they hurt all the time and they can't do anything to disturb the worm or they will die. So, or at least get really, really sick. Um so the social impact of the disease is horrible. You know, the socioeconomic impact for, for years was awful. Um, the Like I said, the worm is a meter long, so it takes a while. And you can treat them with pain medicine and then put some, like, topical antibiotic ointment on the site just to make sure it doesn't get, like, superficially infected. I, but. I have to say, this is all nightmarish, obviously. That there's no, like, I mean, obviously this is terrible. But... I will say the one thing you can say in favor of the guinea worm. You have something to say in favor? I have something to say in favor. You and I, in our existence, will never know a day as happy as the day when this person hears a stick rattle to the floor, confident in the knowledge that the worm has worked its way out of their body. <laughs> there will ne- I will never have a day. That is as cool as that day, because that day is probably the happiest anybody could ever be. I mean, we like I gave birth to our child. Nobody (laughs) on earth could know the extreme thrill of having a worm come out of you for good. That's probably true. That's probably yeah, fair. Exactly but, true. Now, I will say one other kind of neat thing about the guinea worm: it makes morphine, which may help. They've you done make s- morphine out of the guinea worm. No, like it cre- it it makes morphine. Like it releases it. It secretes. I don't know. Like it in its body, it makes it, um, which may help explain why it hangs out in your body for so long and like travels through your leg and stuff, and you don't notice. Um, that that's just an interesting thing people have learned studying the guinea worm. See, it's um, not all bad. Another kind of cool fact is that a, a big problem with the guinea worm with controlling the spread of it was that there are a lot of um, nomads who would get it from traveling around and drinking water from different sources. So it's hard to target these people because um, you wanted them to drink through like, you know, a filter, but then they they don't. I mean, everything they carry, like everything they own, they carry with them. And so like, they don't want to carry a filter. So they have these like cool pipe filters that you can, you can look up, they've got mesh in them and you can just kind of suck water through them out of a water source and it will filter the water as you drink it. And so that's one big thing that the Carter Center has done is give tons of people these filters so they can just like strap them on. It's like this teeny little pipe filter and, and drink through it. 
Um, they also print like pictures on shirts and dresses that people in in communities can wear. So they just send them the send them into villages like new clothes, and the pictures have like a woman using a filter with no guinea worm and then another woman who isn't using a filter and she's got a guinea worm sticking out of her leg. And so it's like the easiest way, no matter what the language barrier is, if people can't read, it doesn't matter. Just to, like, I would totally wear that shirt. There, there's pictures of them online. They're pretty cool. I would love that. What's kind of crazy is, you know, if we got rid of the last case of guinea worm, it would be gone. I mean, like forever. Like we would eradicate the guinea worm completely. Cause it's an animal, right? Well, cause it's a parasite. It has to have a human. So it can't just live in the, in the water fleas and the, Huh. In the in the water forever, it has to have a human host. So if we like completely eliminate it from going into humans, it'll just die, and that'll be it. It'll be just. Well, I hope it's not. It'll be like part of the, the ecosystem or anything. I'm kind of playing with fire there. Yeah, I mean, me too. Okay, well, Sydney, I this has been a uniquely upsetting episode, and of course, as like as as hard as it is for me to just like sit here and conceive of it, there are, it's good to remember there are people who are like struggling with this every day so i'm glad i it's so many fewer now though so that's good and hopefully hopefully in the next couple years we will see the end of guinea worm forever take that guinea worm which would be awesome uh thanks to you so much for listening thanks maximum fun network for having us on they got a ton of great uh programs for you to enjoy uh this week i'm going to recommend the flop house which is a show about bad movies and uh it is i know that there are a lot of shows about bad movies but this one's been going on for like a decade or something there are tons of episodes and they're all really really funny so you should uh listen to uh the flop house on maximum fun network and there's a lot of other great shows there for you to enjoy uh thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song medicines as the intro and outro of our program and uh, thanks so much to you for listening. Uh, until next Wednesday, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.